0: to another episode of Name a Better Duo. It's your girl Renee Nicole and I'm so so excited to be here in my on the go studio today. Oh and our guest is here already. It's gonna be a good one. It's gonna be a deep one but it's also a very necessary one. So let's bring Felicia on in. Here she comes. Hey guys. Hey Ash. Hey Hey, Issa and pretty. Hey, sis. Hey, girl. Let me tell you, look at God, okay? We both just were FaceTiming in the car in our commute, and look at how he put it together. Look at how, won't he do it? Won't he will? okay I'm so so, so very excited to have one of my closest friends, my sisters um uh, we call each other our partners in crime because we't gotten into some mischief together uh, but we man, we go way back, and I'm so so excited to have the beautiful Felicia Thomas with me today we yes, we was just in the car, okay oh. <laughs> um but yeah so and and look neither one of us had no makeup on both of us look look at god (laughs) but um we are continuing the series where the healing resides and i wanted to do this episode because i know a lot of people especially right now uh with everything that's going on in the world have dealt with grief have dealt with loss in some type of way and so um healing from grief i feel like is a very important topic because a lot of people, um, struggle through, you know, and just don't know the tools and the resources, um, to get to that healing. So that's why I brought my sis Felicia here today. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks. I'm going to introduce you professionally, even no, though I know you so well, we, I'm going I'm to introduce you professionally. First of all, I want to start off with some scripture because this is a very important topic. It's a very deep topic. Um, and the word of god is always where we should start okay so we're gonna start with psalms 9 and 9 and it simply says very short very sweet the lord is a refuge for the oppressed a stronghold in times of trouble mm-hmm. ain't he though yeah. ain't he though yes, <laughs> so is. i'm going to introduce <laughs> felicia thomas felicia thomas is an elementary school teacher in dc public schools a member of alpha kappa alpha sorority incorporated and Sigma Alpha Iota International Music Fraternity, a pianist who has led music ministry since the age of five, five y'all. Her love for music has led her to teach her gift to countless students, introducing them to her first love, the arts. Felicia lost her mother in 2012 to a long battle with colon cancer. She has now made it her mission to educate others on the necessity of regular screenings and learning to combat grief with positivity and service. Welcome, Felicia Thomas.
1: Thank you, sis. Thank you so Thank much. Thank
0: you for being here. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. we just gonna have a conversation we gonna act like the people ain't here. But y'all be here, okay? Get involved in the conversation. We're gonna, we're gonna listen to y'all and answer any questions you may have as well. And let's go ahead and get started, Felicia. What drew you to music and what drew you to becoming a teacher?
1: Well, first things first with music. Um, well, music was kind of an obligation. Um, it was an expectation for us growing up. Um, yeah. And, My family was a musical family. Um, They were classically trained. And it was like, everybody is learning how to play the piano. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't care if you don't like the piano, but you're going to learn how to play. So um, I was a love-hate relationship from the beginning. Like, at first, I did not like it at all. Didn't want to practice. I didn't want any parts of it. And then um, right when I was entering high school, you know, something just clicked one day. and i felt as though music was a way that i could express myself no matter how angry i was no matter how sad i was no matter how happy i was you know that was an area and a private place for me to really um connect with who i was inside so music became an outlet and it became um something that um i still use to this day to help me through some hard
0: times yeah yeah i love that you mentioned that because just the way that we have to grow through our talent and our gifts sometimes because i remember from a young age i was like this girl's dedicated okay she would go from one church to the next playing. felicia then had like three four jobs since we were teenagers <laughs> oh. playing at different churches and playing at different events and i always admire that and then you play the violin growing up as well mm-hmm. oh so my you just you and them strings. <laughs> So what would you say, being now that you are in love with music, who are some of your musical inspirations? Well, to be honest with you, um,
1: mm, I can't really narrow down like uh, actual like musical artists. I feel like, like I kind of absorb what I see. Okay. So the people who have kind of influenced me are the people that I grew up around, the musicians mm-hmm. that played in my church. Shout out to St. James AME. Hey, that played in my church, um my family members. Um they are accomplished musicians in their own rights. Um yeah throughout the art. So just watching them and their professionalism and um, their hustle and their drive. You know, Mm -hmm. um, we always talk about um, church musicians, the church musician hustle, you know. Mm -hmm. So this early on, um, I just picked up a few things here and there along the way. And um, it really helped me to, um, I don't wanna say perfect my craft, but really allowed me to open up and yeah. to explore more, you know, from what I was able to pick up from around people.
0: So. Yeah. I think our biggest inspiration started at home, you know, and the fact that you were able to see that and have that foundation is amazing and it helped shape who you are. Um, so you're a two-time HBCU alum. You graduated from Morgan State with a bachelor's in music and Bowie State with a master's in teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, how has education shaped you and made you who you are today? Um Education was something that was pushed in my family.
1: And I feel like a lot of what I'm saying goes back to my family. But um, my family foundation really played a role in to shape me and who I am today. So um, education, my mom was a reading- Oh, Oh,
0: we were doing so well. We were doing so well, but it's all good. We're gonna keep the conversation going. Hey, Charles. Hey, mama. Hey, grandma. The whole fam's on here. Hey, Lillian. (laughs) <laughs> um, so we are gonna get back into this good old Wi-Fi connection. I think that's all it is, and building. I hope it's not my Wi-Fi because I'm not in my new normal location. We coming back, Ebony. We coming back. Just hold tight. Just hold tight. Let me see if I can. Since I got bars, and I do got bars, y'all don't want me to get on here and start freestyling. (laughs) So I don't think it's me, must be Fifi. She coming back. But yes, we are continuing the Where the Healing Resides series. Um, We've had some great conversations thus far. This is our fourth episode, so if you haven't already, go back and catch up. Um, So far we've spoken, to my good sis, Portia, um, and talking about healing from relationships. And, (laughs) shut up. (laughs) You don't wanna hear my bars? Ebony said they don't wanna hear my bars. Okay, I'll keep them to myself. Okay, here she comes. Come on back, come on back, come on back. sorry you had you had to hear him anyway hey girl <laughs> girl I so i wasn't sorry. sure if it was you or me because you know I don't know where I was looking at my bars I think we good we good we good we back we good. in action, we're but back yeah, in action. So, <laughs> you were talking about how you know it started with your family um education was enforced your mother was a teacher
1: hmm yep. yeah my mom was a teacher she was a reading teacher and um she just poured her love of people her love of children her love of reading um she was an avid re- avid reader so yeah um, just watching her passion and all she poured into her students and um their reaction to her and their love for her um, yeah. even up until her last days at her job you know it just kind of inspired me and motivated me to be that kind of teacher to my students. I wanted to have that kind of effect, you know? So (laughs) me going to school and um, furthering my education and furthering my um, studies, um, it just opened up more doors for me um, to be able to give knowledge to my young students, you know, and just try to, you know, motivate them, inspire them to live. (laughs) <laughs> the best that they can, it's yeah. my dog in the and then puppies.
0: <laughs> um, so what, I had a question in it. Oh, what, what grade,
1: what age group are you working with? What grade? I teach first grade, but I originally started off teaching music and I taught music um, at a Catholic school in Baltimore city, um, pre-K to eighth grade. So um, that's where I kind of like honed my love for teaching music. I was the music teacher and the drama teacher And um, it was fun, like we had so much fun in class. So um,
0: that was a great experience. It's rewarding, I'm sure. And I feel like anytime I say this all the time, but you're doing a job that you can find purpose in is very rewarding. Um, How old were you when you first learned that your mother was diagnosed with cancer? And can you like explain that situation and what your emotions were at that time? man let's see so we found
1: out that my mom had cancer and well, I found out in 2009 um mm-hmm. that she had cancer and um at that time I was probably around 22 years yeah. old um I was in college I was traveling living my best life um hanging out with friends, going to Atlanta to see Renee um, and just, you know, living my best life. And um, that year, you know, your world, my world just stopped. It changed all of a sudden.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, What did that, that shift look like for you? Like what, what adjustments did you have to make in your life since you were a traveler and doing all of that?
1: So when my mom got diagnosed in 2009, um, how I found out, was through a phone call um i was downstairs walking around in the kitchen and i overheard her talking to one of my grandmothers and she was just basically telling her now y'all i'm about to get real real in this conversation i'm not gonna sugarcoat anything because those of you know grief and have been through that process it's like it's raw it's real so Mm -hmm. for me when i found out i overheard her talking and she was like oh well they found bleeding polyps in my scan. So me, I'm like, bleeding polyps? Bleeding polyps mean cancer. Yeah. So instantly right then and there, I felt anger. I felt like numb. I just felt like the wind was knocked out of me because I'm like, anybody that I knew that had cancer, they die. Yeah. So it's like, you know, yeah. why am I finding out through a phone call? And why didn't you just right. tell me? but then right. you know as you move through life and you get older you know hindsight looking back our parents just want to protect us they want to you know they you know i'm sure she didn't want to believe it herself and telling her children that she had cancer right you know makes it real it brings it yeah. home and you know i will never know what kind of pain that she felt on the inside mm. but for me you know experiencing that and finding out the way that i did um you know, I expressed to my, I expressed to my mom how I felt. You know, right. I felt like, why didn't you just tell me? You know what was going yeah. on. You know, I would have been able to handle it. I would have been able to take it. But again, like I said, you know, as parents, they want to protect their children. And mm-hmm. you know, who knows?
0: You know what she
1: was feeling yeah. and what she was going through.
0: So. And you also worked in the medical field at the time, so that kind of helped, mm-hmm. I'm sure, with you recognizing some of them, some of the terms and. um yeah just being able being familiar with it um yeah i I feel like that's such a hard thing like like you said we won't understand and and neither one of us are parents but it can be really um challenging i'm sure Mm and how do you how do you explain that to your child? You know, and when you have a certain amount of faith, sometimes you don't want to say certain things Mm. out loud, you know? So Mm -hmm. I can only, like you said, imagine what that experience is like in having to have that conversation. Uh, What would you recommend to someone who just learned that someone they love is ill? How can they support that person? Um,
1: I always say you kind of have to, manage your emotions and kind of put yourself on the back burner because from here on out it's about that person who is going through that and it might not even be you know a terminal illness but you know that it's that person that's going through it they're experiencing that sickness they're experiencing you know a possible life cut short they're experiencing you know their world being turned upside down and you as their loved one for me i just took it as my responsibility to just kind of make sure that my mom was going to be okay um in the beginning of the journey um through all the treatments through all the chemo through all of the surgeries that she had um throughout all of those things i um privately and silently went through my grieving process you know i mm -hmm. silently and privately did that i didn't let my mother show how i really felt until the very end you know Mm -hmm. but that was because i knew how she felt about me and she was taking her cue from me and if i showed that i was buckling if i showed that i was falling if i showed that you know i wasn't going to be able to manage and and care and and take this load and and be there and be able to push through this You know, I knew that that was probably going to break her heart, like, that was her thing. She always wanted to make sure her children were okay, you know, and her family. And I know for me, our relationship was so strong, we were so bonded, we were so connected. And um, you know, I just made the decision early on to just, I gotta be there for my mom. Like no matter what, if I got to take off work, that's what I'm gonna have to do. If I can't travel forever, that's what I'm gonna do. And that's what I did. I didn't travel hardly. Um, I stayed home, I moved back in with my parents. Um, And I just really was just there with my mom, honestly, throughout it all. In the back of my mind i thought my mom is going to make it my mom mm-hmm. is going to like live like look at her look at her energy like look at yeah. her still working look at her pushing through all these things look at her you know recovering from her surgeries you know as you know small or large they were you know so in my mind i'm still thinking you know i have time my mom is going right. to be here but you know god had yeah. other plans you know mm-hmm. so that is my advice to you know those just it's about the other person
0: yeah yeah um and i can imagine you know even in that there's times that you had to escape you know and kind of Mm -hmm. get your mental Mm -hmm. (laughs) state right you know because that's a long period of time from Mm -hmm. her diagnosis in 2009 to her passing in 2012 Mm -hmm. the roller coaster ride i'm sure that is can be just, you know, mentally devastating, you know, mm-hmm. so um, I think it's important too. you know, just for anyone who's going through that right now to find ways to just kind of like go, you know, meditate or, you know, whatever you got to do to keep your, your mind in a good space because you're watching someone you love right hurt, you know, and right. to put yourself through and you have to put on a brave face in front of them. But there's times when you're weak. You know, there's times when you feel at your lowest. So, you know, in those moments, break away, you know, if you have to go pray, go do whatever you got to do, go watch a movie, whatever, um, to keep yourself sane. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm sure there's times where you feel like you want to go crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. That's indeed, mm-hmm. yeah, How did that impact, you know, you know, you're praying, you're having faith, you're believing that she's going to push through. How did that impact your relationship with God?
1: in the beginning it didn't i mean you ask questions like why god you know like Like, why this person you know like she's such a caring kind soul like a gentle spirit like she would do anything for anybody she would you know give the clothes off of her back she would you know make a meal and take it to someone's house you know she is this type of person so why Mm -hmm. is this happening to her but you know you go back and um i just think about scripture and what it says in the bible and just thinking about christ's life and Mm -hmm. you know it brings me back to you know how he lived you know christ suffered and died Mm
0: -hmm. you know
1: and he was the purest of us all so you know i'm not saying that um my mom going through her cancer and suffering and dying is you know her she's you know god like i'm not saying that at all but the way her journey happened the way she moved through her journey like you never Mm -hmm. saw her in pain you never saw her you know um without a smile on her face you never saw her breaking down you never saw her crying you know she did those i'm sure in the privacy Mm -hmm. of her tent doors and with her friends and things like that but Um, for me, um,
0: you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. It is so much. And I just, you know, imagine what it might feel like to certain people who may not have that level of faith and the anger that they might experience, you know, and how they might become mad at God. Like, what would you say to that person? I mean, you can be mad at God yeah be honest
1: yeah Yeah. like I'm not a pastor I'm not a preacher I tell people that all the time like just because Mm -hmm. I play in church just because I you know sing and you know direct the choir just because I'm inside of the church doesn't make me a preacher pastor anything like that but and even
0: preachers and pastors aren't okay
1: immune to Mm -hmm. real feelings right you know Right. So just for me, um, as I was saying before, the way her journey happened and the way she carried herself through it and the things that happened around her on the morning of her passing, if I didn't believe in God, then I believed in God, you know, mm. at that moment because she yeah. believed in the things yeah. that, you know, happened with her and around her. So, yes, I was mad at God. I questioned God. Like, why? Why mm-hmm. my mom? You know, i do not want to go to church. I don't want to, you know, look at no life. scripture. I don't want to do all these different types of things. But, again, going back to my faith, going back to, you know, what I've learned, the scriptures and different things like that, this is life, mm. to be honest with you. Like, yeah. the only thing that is certain about life is death and you know as painful as that sound and as hard as that may seem you know my mother having cancer and going through her journey it was a testimony to mm-hmm. who she was and how she carried herself and how she carried her life you know so yeah, yeah be mad at god do whatever you need to do but, you know kick scream yell but yeah i never lost faith that there wasn't a god
0: i'll say that okay that's good you know i'm at that place with god in my relationship where i'm just like straight up with him and i feel like that's a good place to be because when you're like trying to sugarcoat things like god knows what you're feeling <laughs> like he knows what you're experiencing so just be straight up like I- i'm i'm angry right now I'm frustrated mm-hmm. you know this is what i'm going through and All i'm right. gonna need your help to get me through it you know i think we um as humans we kind of create this horror or this like um like this kind of like horror around death you know like Mm -hmm. we create you know that's like i was just talking to a friend like halloween and all these other things that kind Mm -hmm. of look at death as such a scary thing you know horror movies and things like that and it's like it's reality it's gonna happen to us all and once when you're a believer when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior, you believe in eternity. So like we're right now experiencing eternity and we will continue on, you know? So it's like when you look at it in that light, it doesn't have to be like this scary thing, you know? Yes, you're hurt and you're sad because you no longer have this, your loved one here with you on earth. Um, but it doesn't have to be something that we're like so afraid of. I think we need to take away the fear from this very real reality um, that's going to happen to us all.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, what would you say are some healthy responses to loss? And it doesn't just have to be loss of a loved one. It could be loss of a relationship, loss of a job, loss of anything. Um, what are some healthy responses? To be honest with you, um,
1: I don't know. Um, yeah. How Honestly, like loss and how you deal with it is how you mm. kind of move through it. Some people, you know, need to be around a lot of people all the time, you know, some people start going out all the time, you know, some people start um, being withdrawn, some people start, you know, doing positive things, working out all the time. Some people start, you know, going to church more. It's just all in kind of how you can move through and healthy responses, of course, all of those positive things like working out, you know, watching what you eat you know strengthening your relationship with god you know maybe studying more in those scriptures but Mm -hmm. um to be honest with you i just don't think there's any like textbook cookie cutter you know way that we can kind of get through the grief process but holding on to the support from your friends holding on support from your family you know and just cherishing and cultivating those relationships around you and just always remember that you have another day you're here mm. you know and grief will kill you mm. if you let it if like, you let it, if you let it grief will kill you and it won't just kill you in the physical sense it will kill you mentally it will kill mm-hmm. your spirit it will kill your appetite it will kill your weight it will kill your weight it will kill everything about you your personality the way you look at life the way you view at life everything about a loss it changes everything yeah and you have to work double and triple hard i always say grief is a choice because it is how Mm. hard are you going to allow it to affect your um life how hard are you going to let it you know put you in this mind state how long are you going to allow grief to you know debilitate you so you can't go to work you can't do the things you have to do because life moves on unfortunately and even though we're dealing with our pain and our grief you know our job is not giving us funeral pay after three days you're not right. gonna get off like you know you don't always have a job who is going to be sympathetic to that so right. I say that you know, you have to choose to live. You have to choose to use healthy out- outlets. Hey, shoot, if you want to have a drink or two, you might need to have a cup of drinks or two, you know? You might need to, you know, relieve yourself. I don't know if you smoke or whatever. Sorry, this is the clean show, but you know, <laughs> do what? You gotta do that you got to do to
0: get
1: through, but don't yeah. let whatever it is that you do in order to help you cope, do not let that, you know, affect your livelihood don't let it affect your you know try not to re- let it affect your relationships with people
0: and you know honestly that's it that's yeah. that's how i feel about it mm-hmm. no like no two responses look the same everybody's response to loss is different you know and even if it's you know like because i've seen people broken over like a, a broken relationship, you know, or mm-hmm. broken of, of losing, you know, losing things, you know. So mm-hmm. I'm I feel like we all have to really do a healthy assessment on what what yeah, don't let it become a crutch. We have to do mm-hmm. we have to do a healthy assessment of what it is that helps us Um, Like for me, Mm -hmm. when I'm frustrated or feeling impatient or angry, like you said, I like to work out. That helps me with that. So finding the things that um, just in any normal circumstance fuels you, you know, Mm -hmm. and doing more of that, you know, like you said, in a healthy way um, Mm -hmm. and not letting it keep you from being able to handle your day to day tasks. Um, Which is easier said than done. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's so much easier said than done, but you have to commit to it and you have to like mentally, like you said, I'm still here. So I have purpose. You know, there's still something that I have to fulfill on this earth. And me sitting here is not going to fulfill that. Right. Point blank in a period. Mm, you um, said that purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how can friends, coworkers, family members, etc. How can they support someone who is dealing with a loss? Honestly, just be
1: there um, in whatever capacity that they need you to be. I know for me, I became kind of withdrawn. I pushed away from, you know, yeah. a lot of people, just life in general. But that is something that I have always done you know this mm. wasn't something that just started with grief you know that's how sometimes I deal with things I withdraw yeah. so that was something that you know carried on it didn't change um right so but I say to say support whatever way if they need you to come pick them up off the floor because they had a crying spell I've had a Ooh. few of friends that had to come do that if you need to go and just take some food over to someone's house they don't even have to ask for it you know this is the time where you kind of have to just listen to your spirit yeah Yeah. i was about to say silently kind of just like read your friend and you know think about some of the things that you might want right to happen when you're going through that situation but To be honest with you like all you can do is just be there your friend they might talk about the same thing over and over again a million times but they need that they need that person that they can just talk to about the same thing over and over again about their anger about their grief about their loss about you know the regrets that they might have about the guilt that they might have and i think a lot of times um that's where grief counseling comes in because you don't have a person that you can kind of talk to about those different
0: types of things yeah.
1: um, in a way that you know you kind of need in, a, in yeah. a free way so
0: i like that you said that and i was gonna ask that i think rec- uh grief counseling can be a good thing because i know one of the things i've experienced before is like i feel like i'm telling the same stories over and over i feel like people are tired of hearing me talk about it you know and that may not even be the case but you just feel that way sometimes mm-hmm. and so i think that you know having an outlet where you can actually um you're there to talk about it you're there to talk about how you're feeling um and it's not feeling like you're beating a you know right a dead horse it works yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you um so i think that that's a good outlet for some people it's not for everybody you know some people like to you know read books some people like to um you know, like, cause there's, you know, books on how to, to manage your, your emotions and how you're feeling and everything that you're experiencing. So I think it's whatever works for you. Like I I say that all the time, but everybody Mm -hmm. is so unique and you have to find, I like what you mentioned. Cause you, you recognize uh, patterns in yourself. You're like, this is how I was before these are things. This is how I dealt with other issues in my life. And it's like knowing yourself is so important Mm -hmm. so that you can know, like, you know, someone might look at, some of your behavior as oh no I'm, I'm worried or concerned about her but no she's always been that way like this is just how she responds you know and that's okay you know mm-hmm. like some people don't want to have people in their face while they're going through something you know some people just need that time to themselves you know and a friend should also know their friend to recognize that you know or a family member um, or whomever. Um, to recognize that and see, like, you know what? No, I know her. She just needs some time. You know, she go, she go bounce back from this. Um, but yeah, I think that that's good to know yourself and to know the people that you love. So that yes. you know how to respond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about this a little bit, but you are a worship leader. Do you use like outlets such as work, you know, um, or worship or, you know, your kids? Are these some of your outlets for healing? I would say
1: now that, you know, this is what the, this I'm going into nine years in. So now things that I do currently are easy. When I started the grief process, they weren't easy. Playing the piano wasn't easy anymore. Like Mm -hmm. it, it just wasn't. Grief hit me in that way. It took that. You know, yeah. wanting to um, be around, you know, cause she passed before I started really teaching, really. Um, yeah. I was teaching piano lessons. Even with that, it wasn't really bringing me joy anymore because yeah. on the onset of her passing, it was almost as if part of my life had died. Yeah. So all of that stuff that I did up until the point that my mother had passed, it was almost as if in an instant it was wiped away and i had to figure out what my life was going to look like from here Mm -hmm. on out and i had to figure out how to navigate through that and figure it out and you know i'm gonna be honest with you like i said i didn't want to play the piano at first i didn't even want to go to church and play the piano because um you know ptsd this Mm -hmm. is where my mom's service was you know that's a real thing so um you know i i can't even sugarcoat it or cookie cutter it like i didn't even hold on that wasn't something that i thought about i didn't hold on to it because music was a part of my life when my mom was there that was something i did that you know you know connected yeah connected you know me to my childhood and she was a part of that and i'm 25 years old at the time and now i'm like who am i like what do I even do my anchor is gone that's how I Mm -hmm. felt. so it's like yeah I was saying before grief it can kill everything but what I will say is is that when I did go back and start playing again the amount of emotion and the amount of I don't know it just it just gives me goosebumps just thinking about it the amount of emotion and the amount of just everything I poured into that particular you know selection that I played or at that time it was so almost overwhelming because like I said in the beginning like music does that for me it's a way for me to um, you know give the window into my soul so I'm pouring everything into that and all of that grief all of that depression all of that anger all of that Lost all of that loneliness, because you experienced that as well, mm-hmm. you know, all of those things poured in and poured out into um, that piano. And um, it became a tool and an outlet again. But yeah. it took it, it took a little while, I'm not even gonna lie, I didn't want to play, I didn't want to do those things anymore. Um, mm-hmm. So
0: yeah, that's beautiful. That's honest, you know, and I feel like that um, I was going to say with the next question, how people say, um, time heals all wounds, you know, but I feel like grief is, doesn't necessarily have an ending point. Um, but I feel like with that time does allow you to, um, you know, some of the things that you kind of put on the shelf that just were too heavy. Sometimes time does help with those things like with you and the piano. How do you feel about that? Do you feel that grief has an ending point and, um, how do you feel you overcome those moments where you're just like you know feeling low um to your point like
1: you said i don't think grief has any point anytime you think about that loss it doesn't matter if it's a job loved one boyfriend girlfriend you know you lost your home any type of loss you're mm-hmm. going to restart the grieving process again you mm-hmm. go through that you go through that anger you go through that Uh, what is it? Denial. You go through Mm. the acceptance after you're finished thinking about all of it. Then it's like, okay, yeah, I realize that this person is gone. They're not coming back, you know, but grief, it never, ever ends. I feel like, and again, it's how you choose to let it affect you. I've Mm. always chosen to speak about my mom and to remember my mom in a fun, positive, like uplifting spirited type of way, because that's who she was. Mm. And I think for me, what helps me to keep going and to get through those low points is thinking about my mother, you know? Mm. Because of, again, the life and the type of person in whom she was, you know? How am I going to let grief kill me? Mm. And she was afflicted with all this chemotherapy. She was afflicted with cancer. She had a liver resection. She had her colon resected. Like, all of these things were going on with this woman. but she never stopped working she never had a Mm. smile on her face she was always laughing and smiling up until the end so for me holding on to my mom's legacy and the impact that she left on the people around her that's what kind of pulls me out of those low moments because it's like man like my mom she she did all these things like she worked to make sure that i was okay like you know because i have other you know challenges and things that i dealt with growing up and things like that, that I didn't know how I was going to overcome without my mom being here. But again, thinking about the things that she did to me, what she poured into me and how she was like, I just, I can't allow myself to, you know, fall too far that I can't bring myself out. I get sad. I get, you know, lonely. I get, you know those crying spells you know you hear something you have a thought in your mind all of those different types of things happen and again you go through the griefing process but it's how you are going to move forward in your life that's what you have to decide and i did not come to that conclusion until years later maybe even now you know that grief is a choice I've seen Mm. it debilitate people. I've seen it almost take people out. I've seen it, you know, drive people to, you know, as we've seen, mental facilities or drinking, you know, drugs, those different types of things. And they may have pulled themselves out. You know, they may have had support. They may have had that, you know, cushion to get them out of that. But, you know, again, I feel as though for the most part it is a choice. How are you going to let grief affect your life? And um, yeah, my mom's legacy keeps me going.
0: I love that you mentioned that. I love that you mentioned the different stages of grief. I think that a lot of us, um, a lot of people experience guilt sometimes in continuing life. You know, like, how can I continue uh, when this person isn't here? How can I? enjoy life or you know like how can i continue to have happy moments when this person can't share them with me but Mm -hmm. like you said think about the person that they were if they were the person that you love and that you cherish they want you to continue you know Mm -hmm. they want you not to be um stagnant on account of them not being here with you you know you have to keep that memory that that uh, those moments you know that you've shared as them being here you know Mm -hmm. like and, and remember them with joy, remember them with excitement, sometimes remember them with tears, you know, yeah. but I feel like that is how you overcome, you know, don't, don't, you have to, you have to you continue, have you to. can't, you know, dwell in guilt and shame and all those things. Um, cause I think that's a real, um, emotion too, especially. Yeah you know for some of us who may not have been there for them mm-hmm. as you feel like you should have you know like there can be a certain weight or a certain guilt with that um but i think that you overcome that by first off you know forgiving yourself
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and then actually remembering the good times or remembering the great moments um yeah and, and mm-hmm. having a little chuckle as you remember those things
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah and remember that your life keeps going you didn't mm-hmm.
1: die that happened yeah. to that person their story yeah. was cut short like yeah. i can feel guilty about you know not being there i can feel guilty about not doing enough but at yeah. the end of the day i feel as though my my feelings and my you know thoughts about it's like you know yeah. i am still here to make things better you know yeah. even though it might not be with that loved one be better to the next, you know, to the people yes. in your life, you know? Like That's take it. Yes, like take those feelings and take right. those, you know, whatever they are and turn them into good, you know, and back to what you were saying about purpose find a purpose and it, the purpose would yeah. be something as simple as I'm just going to wake up every day and put one foot in front of the other, that's yes. it, that could be your purpose and from that you keep on going and you might have another door that might open, a window might open and the sun might even feel a little bit more sunnier as you keep going through each day yeah. but yeah. you have to keep
0: going, that's all I want. I love that and I love and we've spoken about this and I know it's something that you're working on but I love how so many you know when when you lose someone to something so um devastating as you know like the everything that you go through with with dealing with cancer is very Mm -hmm. um traumatizing um teaching someone else you know what to do you Mm -hmm. know that's going through that now you know teaching someone else who's a caregiver how Mm -hmm. to care for their loved one um and i think that that can be a purpose as well you Mm -hmm. know um god doesn't allow us to go through things just by, you know, happenstance. There's, there's always a greater purpose. So being able to use your story to help someone else is everything,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, um, what word of encouragement, i are going to wrap up here. What word of encouragement would you offer to someone who's having a hard time right now? They're, they're just lost someone or they're just, you know, just having a hard time living through the pain. What would you encourage them with?
1: Again, keep getting up every day find something it could even be something small that you hold on to from that person and if it's an unexpected loss because that's what could happen Mm -hmm. as well you know Mm that grief process, you it's know different. I don't right. I don't know about that grief process. Yeah. You know, I saw from, you know, from the point of diagnosis to the end. I saw the progression. So, I started my grieving process early on. You know, yeah. started when you hear the news about that person. Yeah. So, you know, my advice is keep going, get up every day, put one foot in front of the other find a purpose something um to hold on to i don't like saying the word find a purpose because i feel like that is so cliche like what is that mm-hmm. find a purpose yeah. like what's the purpose i don't even know where to begin to find a purpose
0: well it so. is <laughs> in what you do every day teaching <laughs> mm-hmm. the babies you know that's a purpose right. you know and you know telling your story you know helping someone else that's a purpose you know right. everyone we have things in here that on the earth that we're supposed to do and you know i feel like follow the thing that helps people you know it's never we're never just here for ourselves like we're always here to help others service others so Mm -hmm. i think that's what you're doing and i i thank you for sharing your story and being so transparent i know that it's not something that's easy but i know that it's really going to bless a lot of people and and um I am grateful that you are trusting us with your story. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, thank um, you. We are going to play a quick game because <laughs> this is a heavy conversation. So we're gonna play this or that, and it's not gonna have nothing to do with grief. We just go, we just gonna share and kiki a little bit with this or that. I give you a scenario. Or I give you two different options. You pick one. This is Felicia's options. There's no right or wrong answer. Okay. Um, but you let us know what you prefer, okay? So, number one, international travel or road trip? Mm,
1: international travel, definitely.
0: Okay, okay. you like I to be on somebody's do. island or... Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> and you way. know, we're, okay. we're long overdue. <laughs> we are, when's the next one? We're long overdue for our trip. Okay, Pinterest recipe or ordering takeout?
1: Hmm, wow i know you
0: be experimenting in the kitchen i do and it looks
1: good but sometimes girl <laughs> you know, right so i'm gonna say takeout,
0: okay mm-hmm. but i do like me a good little pinterest recipe you know if i'm feeling adventurous. yes, yes. okay last one a virtual concert or a movie like you know everybody's movie, everybody's like in the house <laughs> <In the house. laughs> coming to america too or coming to america's out right now oh it, is, out, it I is i know i can't um, to watch it i haven't watched it yet
1: man a virtual concert or a movie i would still say a concert i mean yeah you're a musician turn up in the house by myself you know yes but, um
0: yeah virtual <laughs> <concert>. <laughs> your brother said take out really <laughs> Well, what you cooking okay <laughs> no this was fun i'm with you on all those answers actually so we here uh, thank you so much felicia yeah, for welcome. for joining name a Better duo for sharing your story once again let us know where we can find you you can find me at felicia michelle 2.0 on
1: instagram and i don't even know what facebook is but that's they don't need to be yeah. Yeah.
0: just just stay on this platform yeah, here stay Right. Here. <laughs> <laughs> thank you everyone for joining thank you for every for um you saw the problem right? <laughs> thank you for joining the conversation uh we appreciate you we know that it's um a very um heavy topic like i said but it's something that must be discussed it's something that mm-hmm. we must talk about so let's keep the conversation going yeah i encourage yes. you if you know someone who's dealing with the loss right now be there for them reach out to them and just find the ways that you can support them that you know mm-hmm. like felicia said that they would appreciate that support you know your friend you know your loved one so just be cognizant of that and then um yeah if you are dealing with a loss we are praying for you and we um, just want you to stay encouraged stay strong um and it's okay to be weak because the joy of the lord will be your strength okay he will exchange Mm -hmm. your weakness for his strength um so (laughs) you guys look like twins um so i don't see any of these comments but yeah i'm sorry it's all good But yes, be strong, be um, weak if you have to, and receive his love today. Um, I'ma pray out for this one and then we'll wrap this up. Lord God, we just thank you for this encounter, for this conversation. I thank you for my sister, Felicia, for the strength that she uh, was able to um, share with others and, and continue to use her as a vessel I thank you, Father, for everyone who's dealing with a loss right now to be encouraged, to be strengthened, and to know that you can be their strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.